50. Blue Hawaiian charts at number 50. That's right. Uh, from Bright in the Corners, your first tour. That's kind of mm. cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know whether they played it. I can't remember. Maybe somewhere there's the set list and, you know, it's, I could confirm that. Set list, set list FM. Yeah. So I'll make a note. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah. Hey, this is Westy from the Rock and Roll Band Pavement, and you're listening to The Countdown. Hey, it's JD here, back for another episode of our Top 50 Countdown, covering seminal indie rock band Pavement. Week over week, we're going to count down the 50 essential Pavement tracks that you selected with your very own Top 20 ballots. I then tabulated the results using an advanced abacus and some test tubes. And all that's left for us is to reveal this week's track. How will your favorite song fare in the rankings? Well, you'll need to tune in, or whatever the podcast equivalent of tuning in is, to find out. This week, we're joined by Pavement superfan, Dan from London. So there's that. Dan, how you doing, motherfucker? Hi, JD. I'm doing okay, thanks. Yeah, all is good here, I think. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah, good to be back on. Yeah. So um, let's uh, get right to it. Talk to me about your experience or your pavement origin story. Like, what was that experience like? I think when I was at, at art college, a lot of people were playing snippets of pavement stuff. You know, I didn't necessarily know what it was. Um, I remember hanging out with a guy in his car and he used to have like speakers off an actual stereo in the back of his car you know like what? speaker cabinets wooden speaker cabinets and i remember him blasting um a bit of westing through there as well and feeling pretty interested in, in that but it was really when i went to university and i was at um i was at this girl's house you know and we'd been sort of drinking all night and she put on this tape and one side was gentleman by afghan wigs and the other side was crooked rain and crooked rain just blew me away you know i, I think that that had impacted me on first listen more than any other record ever has, I think, you know. Holy just, shit. Yeah, I think that there's just the, the, the way it builds up those first two tracks are, are just amazing, you know. There's yeah. nothing else like it. And then, of course, it goes into Stop Breathing, and it's like, oh, my God, okay, this is too much, man. Yeah. Um, but after that, I actually um, I got back into them and, and had a load of stuff on tape, and I was playing along with it on my bass as well. But I actually worked at... Um, Glastonbury in 1999, just so I could see pavement as well. You worked there? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you what, were you like a usher or something? Uh, yeah, you, you work on the gates. So you take people's you know tickets and exchange them for the wristbands. And then in the evening, well, it, it was actually um, ultraviolet sort of um, stamps. And um, yeah, you know, and then you'd have to check people in and out at, 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 the, at the nighttime. You do three eight-hour shifts so you do 24 hours at the festival but my shifts lined up nicely so that i got out of them for when pavement wrong and um perfect it was it was it was a crazy good afternoon yeah 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 um and then after that yeah say i saw them on the reunion tour and then uh the rest is when i kind of saw them with you basically primavera yeah london yeah that was great but but talk to me a little bit all... more about talk to me a little bit more before we go into the London shows because those were really special. But 
Talk to me a little bit more about Glastonbury. Like, what was the set like for that? What that was ninety nine, so they were on the last leg, okay. sort of 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 Terror Twilight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was there was a lot of Terror Twilight. I mean, um, I can't find any footage of this, but basically, when they when they came on stage, they were introduced by this dude. It just came on was a <laughs> friend of theirs, and I think he was like either like a, a pub landlord or was like some bookmaker from brixton you know this random guy that they loved and he introduced the band and they came on um yeah i think it was it was there was a mixed bag but it was it was quite terror twilight heavy but i I just remember the outstanding thing from that was just like folk jam was amazing really i've i've a folk jam or platform blues yeah i still i need to look at that set list now and just still remember But, but the thing about that is that i um i still have the 35 uh millimeter sort of camera film undeveloped from that no. Glastonbury experience yeah it's been sitting there for what nearly like 24 years now so i've still got to get that done so i have where do you even get film well. where do you get film developed now uh, places will do it but uh, i just never got around to it. i've got about 14 rolls of camera film from my life and um i get to look yeah well it's 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 a time capsule yeah but i'll, I'll do that yeah do, i'll do that do. and then i want to see those yeah uh, you'll get to see how uh, scrawny I was back in uh, 99. <laughs> Half Dan from London. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. yeah Beanpole, yeah. Um, but that was cool. Also on the bill, either before, I think it was directly before them, was, was Wilco during the Summer Thief period. So that was no. pretty cool as well, yeah. Oh, yeah. what a great lineup. Yeah, the chip fell good for that, yeah. I won tickets to Glastonbury one year. I got a call oh, from a radio won? station. I entered a contest and I won and they called me on a Friday and th- my plane would have left on Monday to go. Um, and it was exactly 10 years after I won another contest. It was like 10 years to the weekend. I won a trip to St. John's, Newfoundland to see a secret concert by Molson Canadian Beer. Uh, so anyway, 10 years later, I win tickets to Glastonbury. Uh, so that would have been tw- 2004, I guess, 2004, 2005. I don't know what the lineup was, but they were booking my, they were going to book my flight that night and I needed a passport and I didn't have a passport. So I okay. couldn't accept the prize. And they were like, sorry, it was in the terms and conditions. That you had to have a passport and i was like i can get one like i can get i can fast track it and i can have it by monday and they're like sorry we need to book the flight and i was yeah. like are you fucking kidding me oh man i'll have to yeah. look and see who was on that lineup who did i miss out yeah on? but i mean it's you know glastonbury is not what it used to be you know it's it's, no? it's been steadily sort of gentrified really yeah so it's like coachella I mean, is now but I mean, when I was when I was there working on the gates, a couple of funny things happened. So one of which we had our suntan lotion stolen from us, so we were just getting burned out there all day. Oh shit! The second was the second was there was this guy, and he had this big bottle of vodka pulled out of his bag, and they were like, "You can't bring that bottle in here," you know. So um, he sat by the side of the queue, um, and he just started knocking back this vodka. This like I don't know, barely eighteen year old guy. And, um, you know, he pretty much got like halfway through the bottle and was just looking absolutely off his face. And then he pulled another, you know, 
bottle out of his bag and it was a bottle of coke and he was pouring the coke in to dilute it and then he looked at his coke bottle which was plastic and he just like it's like oh fuck because basically it was the glass bottle he couldn't take in so he could have tipped it into his coke bottle he could have kept the vodka but he necked like half a bottle so he had this realization in this burning hot sun and the security guy clocked it and he was just like okay just you know pour it in and bring it on in you know and i saw this poor guy stagger through and that was his start of his festival he was just wasted beyond belief holy yeah. shit but, but also um the perimeter fence that they have there i i saw people like throwing like dogs over i saw like a family sort of the guy got over and then they threw the baby over the the fence and he caught oh. that and then his wife came i mean it was just pretty yeah. mental yeah yeah oh, so you, you know I don't think you get that much of that these days. Oh, that's cool. What a fun experience. So that was that your that was your first time seeing them then? 99? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Because uh, I mean, I was at Reading when they played, but um I retired to my tent to make some beans, yeah. I so remember I could you telling me that. Background. Yes. Yeah, but I I so I didn't see them with Gary because I was too busy eating beans. Cuz you, you didn't know of them at that point yet. I wasn't overly, overly, overly familiar with them. No, right. You hadn't listened to the cassette yet, the 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 Crooked Rain cassette, the infamous Crooked Rain cassette incident. Yeah, that that would literally happen like a year later or something, you know. So, fuck. Yeah, to see them with Gary would have been really interesting. Um, I I think there's some Gary. There's definitely some Gary tracks in in this top 50 list and uh it'll be interesting to revisit those tracks like after listening to so much westy and i think westy's a great drummer but gary is just it's just different it's just different yeah i i i I love gary gary's um i think other people have said it but there's something kind of melodic about gary's beats as well you know they 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 carry things in a different way and and they they carry things in a very atmospheric way as well i mean sometimes they just turn the guitars down don't they they just let the drums come through for a bit to build up and then they just come back in yeah Yeah. Yeah, that's cool it's cool so what was the highlight of obviously i was with you but you have to the, the the rest of the audience wasn't with us so they don't know what were talk to me a little bit about the london shows well i mean it's difficult because we did three and it's and it's all a bit of a you know a bit of a a mush in my mind you know yeah um but i mean the the first night was it was a bit difficult because we were we were kind of really at the back and i didn't really appreciate it much from the back of the room but the next two nights when we had those phenomenal views um i mean that, that was just my my dream would always be have been to see you know pavement like watching them from the side of the stage you know i mean that that that's a life ambition for me and 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 we got that so for me it was just seeing them all in action you know from an angle that you wouldn't get to appreciate them from you know i mean like they they did a they did a huge variety of, of tracks um, every night was different we saw three nights in a row and i wasn't bored at all yeah i mean the, the second night we were there we had really really obscure stuff going on in the set list as well so that was that was great but yeah i'm never like my memory's the same as yours i'm never one that can just remember certain things from certain gigs that's why i take you know that's why i videoed the whole thing so i can watch right i just think my highlight was the second night on that balcony we were there with sm's daughter and her friend 
and it was their daughter's birthday. And afterward, we went backstage and got offered cake. And I remember just thinking, I remember thinking like, whose life am I living right now? This is fucking bonkers. (laughs) Oh, it was good. It was good. I mean, it was so, it was so relaxed as well. It was, it was just really chilled out. And uh, yeah, uh, it was great to have that experience there. Yeah. And then, then just getting back in the dressing room, talking to, I I spoke a lot to Remco, caught up with him. And then we were talking to Sparrow for for everybody else. Who's Remco? Um, so Remco's um, pretty much the sort of um, pavement European sound engineer. He does the Jix stuff as well, but also he has the recording studio that um, uh, was it Wig Out at Jagbags was recorded. I can't remember which Mount was album. I didn't um, know, that. but one of one of them. Yeah, yeah. Look it up. Yeah, but uh, oh. Rem- Remco's cool. Yeah, and he, and he also does the the European sound for when Spiral touring as well. So yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah. I, I thought it was so cool when you were like, oh, that's Remco over there. And I'm like, who the fuck is Remco? And you go over and he's like, hey, Dan. <laughs> and, and Remco is in Marble Valley as well. With Oh, that's Steve right. Webb. Yeah. Because Marble Valley was pretty much all of Pavement's roadies apart from the West, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't listened to much Marble Valley, but I, I've listened to it a couple of times. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, I dig it. I dig it. I also like that Unmastered Masters record that he put out. Uh, that yeah, really I still good. need to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shall we uh, get to the main course here, Sir Dan? Dan, Lisa? Yeah, far away. All right. Well, what we're going to do is take a brief intermission, and we'll come back on the other side and talk about track number 49. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hey, this is Bob Nostanovich from Pavement. Uh, thanks for listening. And now on with a countdown. 
All right, we are back, and you heard it. Track number 49, Best Friend's Arm. Dan, what are your thoughts? Oh, man. Well, this, um, this, this, this track was really my introduction to Wowie Zowie. Um, I didn't own it at the time, and um, my friend Andy used to have it. And uh, out of all the tracks, I used to make this and put this on repeatedly. Uh, say so we used to sit on the floor and listen to it, and I used to roll around kind of – I wasn't exactly laughing, but it's just like I just couldn't get over how mad and how fun that track is. Yes. You know? It's, I have it's, the word I have the word frenetic written down. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, it's got a huge amount of energy, but it's also very obscure. It's one of the most obscure tracks the pavement have done, I I would say. And um it's an enigma as well, in my mind. This, this yeah, the, trying the to verses analyze are, this. The verses are like screamed out in like a punk way, you know? It's yeah. uh I don't know that there's any other vocal uh, performance by SM that is quite like Best Friend's Arm. Like it, it really is one of a kind. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I have in my notes because, because it's kind of interesting what I came up with. Because this analyzing this track just broke me completely. You know, <laughs> um, so basically, like, yeah, you know, it's two minutes nineteen. Uh, again, it's the perfect bridging track between Extradition and Grave Architecture, yes. which are both pretty mad tracks. But Extradition has got that wonkiness that brings you into this. Yeah. Um, but it's like, this is fast and loose. Sounds like it's spur of the moment and probably like a one-take thing. But in the beginning, so it sounds with what sounds like a snippet of a phone call, like a bit of an authoritarian woman's voice saying, no, you don't have to which is weird. Yeah. You never get that on anything else, particularly a woman's voice. And then you've got the whole sort of start thing, which is almost akin to um, Silent Kid, you know, with the whole sort of like tambourine sound, Bob doing some mad moog noises, this feedback. But it just sounds like the band has been teleported in, you know, to this studio or this event that they're at, and they're running late, and they just, this is the sound I'm getting teleported in, Bang, they arrive and then they have to get going straight away you know and it's like mountmas is almost like making up time you know yes yeah i love that yeah yeah but but also the the other analogy that i had for this as well was um you know this is like um in back to the marty's band in back to the future when they're auditioning for the the spot at the prom show you know and it's the whole you're just too darn loud thing it's yeah for me this is like a pavement take on that you know it's like imagining themselves in that situation and just like trying to i don't know like almost like as an amateur band come up with this loud sound that's going to try and impress someone and it just doesn't yeah it's pretty mad who's doing the backup vocals on it is it sm singing his own backups on the track, uh, I don't know about live. Then, like live, obviously he doesn't. But yeah, well, I, I mean, this this is the whole thing about it. So obviously, like he's singing the main bit, which is just basically unintelligible. And then you've got the yeah, almost like the call and response. I can yeah. see. I mean, I was going to ask you: Is it like? Is it like Spiral? Is it like Bob? I don't know. It sounds like then, Steve to but, me. But when when you get further down into the track as well with the best friend's arm bit, yeah, it's like who. The, the first part of that you hear the first few lines you know that come in 
like who who is singing on that because it sounds like an english voice it's like it's just weird yeah and then the backing on that the rest of the band join in you know singing the line but they're all singing it in a different way every time as well yes it's yeah like the harmonies and everything they're just totally different so um it's it's just crazy you know i mean you know the thing i was going to say about the lyrics are that, that, that they are just delivered at such a speed and with such ferocity that, that they're kind of unintelligible and then you the first bit where you do get to a section of the song that actually sort of dies down a bit where you kind of get you know the, the jazzy rides rise that ends on that weird flat note and then you get the big low bit and um you know the guitars fall away and the drums are there and it's just like steve starts singing and you're thinking oh my god i'm actually gonna be able to hear what he's saying and then he basically just says um well i mean what what does he actually say there is it like my baby's got the postage in the line yeah but your baby's got a like, postage in the line yeah yeah, it, but it's almost sounding like a low-end sort of pathetic kind of club singer style, and it's like yes, yes, this, yeah, and it, it's like I can hear what you're saying, but it it has no resemblance to anything else. It sheds no light on the situation. No, and it, and it's the same thing as the old I can see, I can see, I can see bits. It's like those sound like they're from a different song completely. Uh, you know, it's 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 crazy. Yeah. Fuck. It really is crazy. Is like it's. Is it kosher to say the word schizophrenic at this point? Like it's it's the song is all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's the thing I love the most about it. I mean, the sounds in there are crazy as well because it's all carried on, you know, by our eyeballs bass, and eyeballs bass is just like so madly overdriven that it sounds like some kind of out of control lawnmower. <laughs> and then towards the end, it like sounds like some kind of out of control bus or you know, in the best friend's arm bit. And then the 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 guitars are, are clean, you know, they're they're sort of chimey, either jazzy or melodic, and it's just crazy, yeah. And the the as you say, the guitar solos they're schizophrenic as well. You've got two guitar solos going on. They don't really bear much relation to each other. They're, you know, in harmonic and yeah, it's just like they're just like, going for it. It's like if you go to a restaurant and you go into the kitchen and you see all these ingredients that don't work together, you know, like, and then the chef comes in and mixes them together in such a deft way that you eat this end product and you're like, fuck, this is delicious. But it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It doesn't like if we were to listen to the individual tracks on this song, like break it down and listen to the tracks, you would never think that these tracks fit together. If that makes sense. Uh, yeah. You 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 could not design this song. No. No. I, I and I would I would I god I that would be a dream come true to actually be, be able to deconstruct this song, yeah, just to hear those tracks. I mean, I would just love to hear the bass and the drums together, you know. Yeah, I mean that—that's like a strong thing that's going on. But the, God, the guitars, man, really yeah. great, right? Yeah, but I mean, you know, it. But it is. It's because it's pretty wonky and it's fun and it's like kind of don't give a fuck really, isn't it? You know, it's just like, you know, is it is it a play on the fact that like you know, oh, we're getting renowned for like you know saying that 
that we can't play or being regarded as not being able to play you know is it just taking that to a new dimension taking those comments and that perspective out of proportion i don't know uh-huh. the thing it's, it's an enigma it really is um but did you did you actually have a look at the lyrics because I did i've got them i've got them printed out right here yeah because who, whoever had a stab at that has done pretty well but i think so. when you put them together with what's going on it's like yeah they don't they're not accurate at all but then you can't improve on them because what is there is just not there you know and if I mean, you no. can't think of anything then you're gonna drink and think it later later yeah and then the next line he's gone at it so hard on that line it's just a cough and then that's where right. you go that cough yeah. is in there yeah yeah you know but it's because he's going at a million miles an hour yeah i really feel like you're onto something with this whole like this might have been just you know a loosen up song you know it might have been like okay we're in the studio now let's just rip one out before we record something like proper yeah. you know and then it came out and it's like this is what it is you know like the pavement well, the one or well, two track uh two take band you know so I, i'm pretty sure that whoever was producing it might have said i think it's easily who produced wowie zowie uh you know they might have said have another stab at those vocals and he's like no <laughs> and they're like yeah but there's a cough in it and he's like yeah that's it it's so what <laughs> i mean a cough in that delivery is not going to improve it in any way you know it, it just doesn't improve the the lyrics that he's not coughing over you can't make out what the hell they are right you know but 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 I mean I think I think they did it and it was just like my God this is just so such a fun song this is just so full of energy and it's just I mean it obviously makes them smile it obviously makes them laugh you know I mean imagine playing it you no, know I can't did they play so this one like, on the road is this one they took out oh on yeah the road? yeah so in terms of in terms of it being on the road I mean in terms of the lyrics you know like the you know the radio session that they've got on the sordid sentinels edition of wowie zowie right the one that's recorded in australia obviously like the lyric bear no resemblance you know the song is nearly twice as long but then also on the road you know like the roles are are interchangeable so bob you know i've seen him sing in the verses you know and they're even the even more unintelligible you know really so it, yeah, there's some good footage out there of them them doing it a few times in '94, I think, as they were sort of developing the album, and then a couple of times in '95, I think. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. fit on any other record. It doesn't like no. maybe it would fit on maybe it would fit on like Demolition Plot or Perfect Sound Forever, maybe. Yeah. But it's like it's not like anything else. It really isn't. Right. I mean, you know, that's what I ended up doing earlier on was, was, you know, looking at other tracks that had sort of uh, lyrics that were sort of like low down in the mix or obscured, you know, in some other way, you know, um, looking at things like, I don't know, uh, recorder grot and things like that. Yeah. And, um, old like spizzle trunk, you know, and it's like, yeah, you've got to go back that far to get that obscure, you know, and, and this is, this is why I think like, you know, Wowie Zari is like almost like a really good you know updated version of 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 westing yeah 
you know um but yeah it's it's interesting to actually be able to go back that far and then you know the lyrics on the stuff on westing is more intelligible than something that's recorded on a huge you know huge studio um later on in their career yeah it's just it's just cool it's just so interesting yeah agreed yeah yeah um but also you know with the main line you know what do you think keep it under your best friend's arm means to you i wish i could put it together uh i don't think it's related to anything in the main part of the song um i i really don't know i, I like i i don't have a I should have went back and listened to my episode on Best Friends Arm to see what I thought then, because I don't remember. I have such a piss poor memory. Um, um, I did, I did review the episode, yeah, but I don't think I offered any I insight. I don't, <laughs> I don't think the answers are there. No, no, no. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, me. <laughs> I mean, for me, like you know it's pretty much sort of two songs. But if there is a relation between the back half and the front half. You know, like the, the front half is almost like a kind of like a friend listening to a drunken conversation or drunken confession and just going, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. And it's almost like, um, yeah, you know, that, that person may have told somebody, yeah, you know, a secret, you know, or a, a truth that they don't want revealing to anybody else. So I guess like oh. keeping under your best friend's arms is like keeping a secret, you know? Oh, that's I mean, cool. It, if you were to look at the sort of lyrics that are actually in there that you can hear, I mean, maybe, you know, like, um, baby's got a postage in the line is like, what, somebody got pregnant? I don't know. But that's obviously reading way, way too much in it because it's not that's about a, anything. Yeah, that's it? a pretty big leap postage to pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but for me, you know, I, I'm getting a real high school vibe from this, obviously, you know, with my, uh, back to the future references and, and this kind of thing. Yeah. And then you were talking about the ending as well, you know, and it's like a real yeah. kind of scratch ending. And it's like, again, it's like the whole back to the future thing of just like, shut up. You've got to leave the stage now. <laughs> no good. Get, get off. And, uh, and, they, and they disappear as quickly as they, as they came on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, like, it's just very abrupt. Very yeah. abrupt. Eyeball, eyeball gets his last bit of basin before the big, you know, the big hook stick comes and pulls him <laughs> off, yanks him off stage. Oh, fuck. Well, man, it's been great talking to you about Best Friend's Arm and your pavement experiences. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Oh, man. No, I mean, uh, basically, you know, um, I did um, I did do some uh, recording of uh, my experience at Primavera Sea and Pavement and meeting you for the first time and hanging out with you, JD. Um, and I'm going to try and release that on a video on YouTube um at some point very soon so there's that which Excellent. which also has the full uh porto primavera set which will come out as a separate video as well so oh that's exciting yeah so maybe you could pass on the details jd when those come out yeah i certainly will yeah post them yeah. up somewhere i want to thank you again it's been great talking to you once again and uh we'll do this again sometime yeah it's been great thanks jd all right, wash your goddamn hands. Thanks for listening to Meeting Malcolmus, a pavement podcast, where we count down the top 50 pavement tracks, as selected by you. 
If you've got questions or concerns, please shoot me an email, jd at meetingmalchemist.com. Podcasts and such.